No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Killing is distasteful to me. <laughs> Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name is Jesse. And welcome back, everybody, to our Saw franchise coverage. Yay! We are officially done with the holidays. Yep. Uh, it's December 28th. Yeah, we could do a New Year's movie, but fuck that. We're still. I mean, we still have the potential to do a New Year's movie next week. It'll just be a little late. That's true, but I don't want to do a New Year's movie in January. Fine. <laughs> Saw, baby. We're doing Fine. Saw. We're doing Saw. Saw 5. We okay. are getting into the ridiculous zone of the Saw franchise, and I am here for it. Yes. I'm ready to is, talk about it. Yes, this is absolutely a fantastic era. I'm so here for it. I'm going to open oh. up a brewski, because oh, I'm going to need me some drink to talk about this one. Did it, did it. <laughs> Dead. Dead. Sorry, we need to spare everybody our stupid Stevo impressions. <laughs> it gets worse the more we do. It. Like we Just like Stevo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Saw Five, baby. All right, but before we get into Saw Five, we have potential announcements. Yes, if you are a budget tier patron, when we released our bonus episode for December, and it was actually Treven. Yeah, it was a fun little short horror movie that uh, neither of us had seen before. And we God, didn't expect to have so much to say about it, but we did. Yeah, it's a so, fucking movie, man. So if you want to hear our thoughts about it, you can find it on our Patreon if you're yeah. a budget tier patron. And if you're not, you have the option to be. Um, mm. like you, you get access to everything on our Patreon when you do that. So that's this. You know what? Let's just go ahead and plug it right now. Let's, let's just plug all. Let's front load stuff today, and then we'll end just talking about Saw. How's that? That sounds fantastic. Okay, so over on our Patreon, we've got three different tiers, three different levels that you can subscribe to, and you get different perks with each of them. Um, and you'd also be joining some fantastic people, such as Joe. Freakatron. As is his name. Or Freakaquat. Well, no longer Freak Freakaquas. He yeah. should be Freakatron again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or, or maybe something else. Maybe, maybe we'll be maybe. surprised. Yeah, um, Amber and Michael. Yes, thank you guys so much. Yeah, you guys keep our website up and running. Yeah, yeah, you guys um, are awesome. You help us. Yeah. We appreciate everything you do. Yeah, and if you want to show support for the show in other ways, it's super easy and free to do so. Uh, just you know, follow the show, subscribe to it. If you want to go even a little bit step further, but still free, you can rate us and review us. Mm -hmm, that it, helps a lot. Yeah. It just tells the algorithm that we're pretty cool. It tells us that, we're pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we did see on our Spotify wrapped that we're popular with uh, TV and film, true crime, and comedy. Mm -hmm. So, and that's thanks to you guys writing, reviewing, and following. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. We appreciate it. I also appreciate when you guys participate in our little fan uh, things here, like our polls, because yeah. I have Which our can... poll results. Yeah, and while he's pulling that up, I'll just go ahead and plug our social media. Uh, that's how you can participate in things like our polls or our movie reviews. And you can find us on Instagram and threads at Least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast, on Twitter and Blueski at Least Fave Pod. You can also find our website, which is Least Favorite Scary Movie dot com. You can email us at Least Favorite Scary Movie at Gmail dot com. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing from you guys, just like I heard from the people that participated in our poll for last week's movie, which was Black Christmas 2019. Yes. So I posted a little image of uh, some characters from the movie, and I just wanted to see how many 
frat boys did you guys see in the picture? So in the picture, there are, I'll go ahead and break it down now. Uh, you got Brian, who is uh, one of the frat boys from the movie. Uh, you got, I don't know the other dude's name, but he also is another mm-hmm. problematic frat boy. And then you got Carrie Elwes, mm-hmm. who is also a problematic frat boy. But then you also have Pam Beasley in this picture here. Uh, it does not make sense if you hear me just talk about it yeah. like that. But this is my, this is probably our most visual poll so far. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but we just wanted to know how many frat boys did you see? And fifty uh, percent voted they saw three frat boys, and fifty percent also voted that they saw four. So they threw in Pam as one of the additional frat boys in this picture. What were the answer options? One, two, three, four. Oh, okay. Would you what What would you think it would be? I don't know. I kind of made. When we brainstormed this over text message, I didn't think we were just going to do straight up numbers. Oh, well, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't coordinate it communication. Well. Yeah. Either way, that that was the poll. This is what it is. This is what it's happens. what we're stuck with now. This is what happens. It happened. This is the thing. And uh, on Twitter, everybody 100% voted for four frat boys. Okay. So Pam is uh, part of uh, Pam Sadiq. Maybe they were misunderstanding and thinking that they were voting for Pam with that. I like to imagine that they think pam like is they a were, frat boy like they were voting like they're the same picture i think that's what's happening i don't know man I, if it were me i would have voted oh i see four because i'm counting pam as a frat boy but then again i understand the prompt because i created it yeah so who knows i don't know all right let's talk saw five saw five saw five all right so saw five released october 24th 2008 we watched this on pluto because our damn dvd did not want to load for us I will not get rid of it. It's been through hell. It is beat the fuck up. It does not recognize what disc is being put in the tray whenever some I put it, it in. Some of it is from us watching it a lot, and some of it is it being a blockbuster closeout sale yeah. that my mom got me a few years ago for it Christmas. Was, if you wanted to watch this, though, as of Christmas Eve 2023, you can only stream it on Pluto. But if you need to rent it, you can rent it on Amazon, YouTube, or Google. Written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Directed by David Hackle, which was his very first film ever. Oh, wow. Previously, he was the production designer on Saws 2 through 4 and second unit director on Saw 3 and 4. Okay. So this is his big chance right here. You got his chance. So he's still part of the Saw family, but Mm -hmm. he, you know, just stepped into a different role. He's homegrown talent, man. Good. Yeah. Music by Charlie Klauser. Yes. Special effects makeup was led by a team led by Jeff Scotchko, starring Tobin Bell as John or Jigsaw, Costas Mandalore as Detective Hoffman. Costas Mandalore as the star! The star. The star of the franchise at this point, no. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if like they told him, like, yeah, Tobin's not going to be in any of the flashbacks. It's going to be purely about Costas. It's like, yes, yes, yes thank you. Yes, yeah. Costas. But then, like, <laughs> he's filming he scenes like, alongside Tobin Bell. What is this flashback with Tobin Bell? Yeah, so what's he doing here? He's like, oh, we're just shooting material for uh, Blu-rays for the, the past movies. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. This like, makes okay, sense, okay. Yes. So this is still Costas's This is still Costas's franchise, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes Costas. Yeah, he's getting a little bit... Uh, wary of this other person, Scott Patterson, who plays Agent Strong. He's like, how can we kill Strong off? Yeah, like the end of the movie was actually like Strong gets into the case and he just went in and like took a sharpie to the screen yeah. and he <laughs> said, Costas lives. I'm just like imagining it. He's not, he just takes it and he's holding the like sharpie, like close fist, just aggressive. <laughs> 
market out. I bet he's like the nicest person on earth, but we've <laughs> turned him into this megalomaniac. I had, you know, let's just fucking stop here for a second. I had, I had a fucking dream the other night where we were at a music festival and one of the bands playing Kosas was a band member. Oh my in God. It. And we met him backstage and talked to him about the Saw movies. And I think the band that he was in, in my head, he was part of The Offspring. (laughs) 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 So we went to an Offspring show featuring Kostas, who may have Kostas himself into The Offspring. How can this become Kostas's band? (laughs) I want nothing more than to actually go see A, the offspring, <laughs> B, the offspring, where Costas Costas his way into the offspring. <laughs> you gotta keep them separated. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm not joking, man. This was my fucking dream the other night. And he was had this, a beanie on. Was this the night when we had my mom watch Socks No, man. Us? Oh, if I'm being we, realistic. Because we made the joke about it at the end. We're like, no. we gotta get Costas back in here. No, man. This was actually weeks ago. This has been living <laughs> in my head for like, a minute like i'm so glad that this is the first you're telling me about it well i, I just know like it just keeps popping back up in my head at random times but now it popped up at the right time like oh yeah kosas we gotta talk about it my uh, friend's got an ex-wife man <laughs> i hate that bitch yeah. <laughs> okay oh man that was about jill yeah yeah that's why i changed right. it yeah. from girlfriend to ex-wife good job yeah thank you all right on with the cast. <laughs> Scott Patterson plays Agent Strom. Betsy Russell plays Jill. Julie Benz plays Britt. Greg Brick as Malik. Megan Good as Luba. Carlo Rota as Charles, or as I wrote him in my notes, he's the reporter character. Okay, can we please, yeah, we did not get any of the other names. Can we please explain who is who? Like, I know who Julie Benz is because she's I don't Darla. know who most of these people are. So Julie Benz is Britt. I don't, I think Britt is a. Uh, she's the real estate person. Okay, see, I had them all written down in my head as not their names because we don't get their names. Yeah. I think she's she's the city planner, right? No, no, she's the real estate person. Okay, I had her written down as Healy because she busted she out shit heels. with her heels. She used her heels as a weapon. I, j- I wrote Darla the entire time for okay. her. Okay, Greg Brick, I uh, that's the dude that makes it to the end that had like the fire thing. He was trust fund kid in my notes. I had him as fire boy. Okay. Um, Megan Good, Luba, she. I think she's the city planner, maybe. She's the city planner. I had her written down as biz woman because she was like a businesswoman. She looked like a businesswoman. Uh, Kelly Kapoor, the business <laughs> bitch. Carlo Rota was Charles, or was the investigative journalist who I wrote in my notes as dickhead the entire time. And Laura Gordon is uh, Ashley, who she's is the, the blonde inspector. that gets killed at like the very beginning of it. Okay. Yeah. Wow, they all look so different from when they were in this. Yeah, this it was so weird, man. I'm gonna talk about them here in a little bit when we get into like. Carlo Rota is the only one who looks younger than he did in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that that looks like a headshot taken around the time that this was filmed. Julie Benz looks good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got budget or bug Ted? Oh, time for our favorite game: budget or bug Ted. What do you think it is? Um, I think it is like budget, but like lower end budget. You're like, I think this the franchise was doing really well, but they still weren't gonna throw like 
you know, tens of millions at it, maybe 10 of millions. <laughs> you are so dead on, dude. It is 10.8 million. Yay! It is literally 10 of millions dollars. <laughs> Opening box office was $30 million and worldwide gross is 113 million. Okay. IMDb score 5.8 out of 10. Okay. All right. So I pulled three movies from 2008 to compare it to. Okay. My theme for this year was movies that are super hyped up by the horror community online. Oh, that's a fun theme. Mm. Uh, and we'll... Uh, we Wait, have what year was these. this? 2008. So the same year as True Revenge. Yeah, I didn't put exactly. that together last night. I, I realized that when I was doing the okay. uh, research for this year. All right. So the first movie that I have, Lake Mungo. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yes, everybody speaks so highly of this Ugh. movie. Jessie... I finally saw somebody on Reddit that was just like, I'm just going to say it. I didn't get the hype for it. I, think I was like, that, thank you! I think that that's kind of coming around. Look, I totally get why people, like, I... why that lands so well with people, but for Jesse and I, it just didn't really hit. I love that people love it, Um, and that's really fantastic for you all. I never want to waste another like 90 plus minutes on that movie again. Yeah, no, I'm done with that. I, that one watch was fine. Like, yeah. it's cool. If we talk too much about it, I might ruin it for people who have not seen it. So go make your own yeah, decision. Yeah, make your own call. I I don't get it. Yeah. I, I fully respect that people love it and that it's very effective. We are not. Well, we're not that audience. We've had many conversations with like mutant fam that do love that movie. And, you know, like I'm all about hearing their perspective. I like to know why it works for people. And then I tell them why it didn't really work for me. And then we yeah. have a nice civil discussion and that's what it should be. Yes. All right. That released June 18th, 2008. Budget of $1.7 million. Worldwide gross, $29,000. Okay. IMDb score, 6.3. Okay. Movie number two, Martyrs, which okay. Jesse and I have discussed on the show uh, over a year ago at this point, I believe. But that was a good episode. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, that released September 3rd, 2008, budget of $3.3 million, worldwide gross $1.5 million, and an IMDb of 7 out of 10. I, I tend to side with the hype on that one. I do think that that's a very, very well-made movie. I think it's okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's, you know, and we kind of had this discussion where we were talking about Treevenge, like, the the scale of like torture porn which i've said before on the show that i don't really necessarily agree with that term for a lot of the movies it gets slapped onto i'd say martyrs comes pretty close to just being torture porn like there's no, not much well, of a story behind it no the, the torture me. the torture in that one has a purpose at least it's not senseless torture and the but thing is well no i well again we don't want to talk too much about it yeah. or else we spoil it but i do say with that one right there, people talk about it being a super violent movie, but then you watch it and it's really like way more scaled back than people build it up to be. That is true. That is true. Yeah, you expect a lot of heavy shit, but really you don't get that much. Like the shit that you do gets heavy, but yeah. it's not like coming at you all the time. I suppose. Yeah. The final movie, one of my favorites, The Strangers. God, that one is brutal. That's one of those, it's a good movie, but it's one I don't put on lightly because it's not a 
fun movie. See, I am the opposite, but it's fun for me because it's one of the movies that truly scares me. Yeah, I'm sweating thinking about it. I am so stressed out every time I watch it. It's not as bad as, like, say, Lake Eden, where I never want to watch that movie again for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. I love The Strangers, but I am consistently stretched stressed out while watching it well don't worry we're gonna be talking about that eventually yeah that's gonna be an episode because i I will love that movie so yeah no i love it too it's just not like a hey do you want to watch the strangers like yeah yeah that released (laughs) may 30th 2008 with a budget of nine million dollars and a worldwide gross of 82.4 million imdb score 6.1 wow that's lower than i expected for it yeah well maybe people couldn't handle it man they Maybe. couldn't handle the heat. So they're like, fuck that movie. I'm raining it low. I'm I couldn't not, finish it. I'm not getting out of the kitchen. I'm going to tell the kitchen to get out of me. <laughs> Whoa. It doesn't even make sense. That's get how out of me. I kitchen. am. Be gone. <laughs> taglines. All right. So we have three taglines for this movie. Only three? Only three. Come on. They're getting lazy as they go through Come the series. Come on. All right. The one that's on the poster, you won't believe how it ends. That's usually true for Saw movies, but this time I'm like, no, I believe it this time. Yeah. Um, all because Kosas took that Sharpie to the script. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. Listen, Kostas the secreted his way into this franchise, into being its leading man. Honestly, Kostas is like the reason <laughs> why it, the franchise is what it is at this point. Kostas made our favorite era of this franchise. <laughs> 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 he he truly truly did. Okay. All right. Next one. In the end, all the pieces will fit together. I like that one. I like that because it's saw and the jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle puzzles, piece, yeah. and it's always a murder mystery. And this one is especially murder mystery. This is this is a lot of detective work. The thing that pisses me off about this one, and well, not so much the last one, but like it makes it feel like it's final. But we know that there's going to be more after this they knew when they were making this that there was going to be more Costas knew that there would be more Costas knew yeah but like do you I have a I have a new theory in my head right now that I don't want to forget about in a few months okay um Costas led all of the backlash to Jigsaw and Spiral online because he is not in it so he like Uh, went undercover and he's like I'm gonna make everybody hate these movies yeah or that (laughs) or maybe he's like can can I get some of that Kosas flashback action that Tobin got. <laughs> He's like, do we flashback? Do, do you guys regret killing me off in the movie? Except <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't get he doesn't get killed off. He dies. No, because he puts Jill in the reverse bear trap. He dies in the end. How does he die? I just know because we cut to Jill having her face ripped open, and I thought Kosas got away. Like he had to go live undercover, but like. I thought he died. Oh my god! Do we not remember how the ending of Saw goes? We watched that movie once a fucking month. How do we not remember? How the fuck does Saw Eight end? It does it wrap up in like a nice little Saw sweet seven. bow. Saw Seven. How does Saw Seven end? Like, does it wrap up like tightly and neat? And it's like everybody's like, "Hey, we're all happy now. Jigsaw's dead." Does it happen he, like that? Because he no, because he puts Jill in the reverse bear trap. He. Because Saw 6, he goes on his like little murder rampage. And then Saw 7, it's all about him going after Jill. And she's trying to get in the witness protection program. And the kid from Final Destination goes, crazy, crazy, crazy. You're crazy. That's right. Um, and the guy that faked being a victim. Yeah, he rips his titties. 
And his wife is burned to death for no reason. You know what, man? We're gonna just have to find out in a few no, months. No, Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes comes for him. He kills Carrie him. Carrie Elwes comes for Costas. So Carrie Elwes is still in the series. Yes. But he's still alive. Okay. There's still potential Yeah, they to leave it him. open with Carrie Elwes. Now that he's been a douchey frat man, yeah. maybe he'll be open to being Lawrence Gordon, a doctor, once more. Um, well, okay. they gotta give him money for sure this time. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we figured that. I can't believe we, we have watched that movie... Like to quote Drew Barrymore, we've watched that movie twenty goddamn times. Like I don't, I'm, I I was a little. I was ready to cut this out, but I feel like everybody needs to see our human side. Yeah, that's uh, Uh. (laughs) we're not perfect, folks. (laughs) Also, sorry if you were waiting to watch the rest of the movies. If for some reason you have never watched them before and have been going through movie by movie while we covered it, sorry that we spoiled. Everything. This, no, uh, <laughs> this is this is only through seven. What happens yeah. in eight? Who knows? Maybe Kosas does come back. I'm not telling you. I already said that he's not there. Well, does he come back in a later one? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he will, you know? I know the answer, do you? <laughs> We're not even done with the taglines yet. We got one more tagline. We <sighs> slept in late. We've been watching cheesy Christmas movies. We're wild today, you're, y'all. You're blaming it on that, <laughs> but honestly, this is what Saw does to a motherfucker right here. That's it, true. It fucks you up. It gets you all twisted up. You don't even know what happened to Kosas. Is he in the offspring? Who knows? <laughs> you are going to start having dreams about him too now too. It's going to be like a Freddy Krueger type situation. <laughs> or maybe that Nicolas Cage movie. Like Kosas wakes up. He's like, why is everybody dreaming about me? <laughs> okay. The final tagline. Terror enters a new face. Hate it. Yeah, that's so stupid. But that's like saying like, oh, yeah, Kostas is taking over. Like, he's Jigsaw now. The new face. Kostas pitched that tagline, <laughs> and they were like, no, it doesn't make any sense. He goes, put it does. Just yes. put it put it on, put it there, put it on a poster. Yeah, and they're like, all right, I guess for like our European release. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in like very, very tiny text on the DVD release. Yeah, it's like the reverse cover if you flip it. And then it's like on the bottom of the back and of the case. And it's invisible ink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah black light. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, fun facts. So, seriously, they're going to get coasted for Scarface like next year or Dude, something. Dude, if gonna he's there, <laughs> I swear to God, I will shit myself. I, I want to meet this man so, so badly. Okay. Filming took place from March 17th to April 28th in Toronto. Um, I have a quote. That's a, that's a decent filming time. Yeah, it's not too bad for these movies. I feel like they're quick, they're usually like a turn and burn type of thing. They are, and I've got a whole thing here from the director, first time director David Hackle mm-hmm. on the whole process of this. Uh, he said we have about a week to write the outline, then the script by the end of the month. We're really just throwing down the ideas now, and it's coming together quickly. It's been with uh, Darren all of the sequels. We've arrived just before Christmas with a script that needed a lot of shakedown, but before shooting, the script is really tight. Right until the last days of filming, we're always changing things and adjusting things, just seeing what works as the story unfolds. And I think that's why people like them, because we never let them rest. We don't go into pre-production with a white script and say, that's it, no changes. We push it so there's no holes. On to Strom. So Scott Peterson, or Scott Patterson, I should say. Luke of Gilmore Girls. Yes, Luke of Gilmore Girls. He performed the Silbox Trap himself. So oh. they actually filled that with water with him. He opted not to do a stunt double. Wow. Okay, do you 
I hope I'm not spoiling the rest of your fun facts. Do you know how they filmed this? Because there are so many different angles of this shot. And I was like, how are they keeping, how many times did they shoot this? How are they keeping the continuity with how wet he is? How, and the water level? Okay. Um, To an extent. So yeah, he was nervous at first because like they did do a few previous tests and they went poorly. Oh, okay, great. So he was nervous about doing it, but he pressed forward and decided to go ahead and do it. It did take multiple takes. So whenever he would lose, like he would be needing air, he would have to wave his hands and they would have to come over there and do it. The way that they would get it drained so fast, the on the sides, they would slide open and the water would just pour out. Okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Speaking of Patterson... He did actually sign on through Saw 6, but he recognized that his character wasn't guaranteed to make it to part six. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. But I think that that's kind of cool because it does keep people guessing. But they probably didn't know themselves when they were making it what was going to happen. And I think that's kind of the way, I think the best writing that I tend to gravitate towards is when the writers are saying that they're and this is like fiction and screenwriting alike Mm -hmm. is when they don't necessarily they write and they just let the story unfold as it happens yeah like they let it they let it make sense as they're going through it it's like natural yeah yeah i like that too i like i think barbarian (laughs) is one of the really good examples of that where he was just like well if this is going to happen what's going to happen after that and sometimes yeah you do need a certain outcome but you have to figure out how to get there naturally instead of just forcing it. That's how Dragon Ball was written. He made all of that shit up as he was going. Like, he didn't plan any of that shit. That's just, like, a little thing for me. That's not horror-related, but, like, honestly. I was going to make some sort of a joke about... The Red Ribbon Army. I was going to make a joke in general about, like, how far-fetched the whole thing is. I'm like, what are you telling me? <laughs> <coughs> Whatever, man. It's, like, a super cohesive story. Like, it, it's really well done with, like, amazing villains. I, It's impressive to be able to do it just, like, on the fly like that. Uh, same as this movie. So, um, yeah, it was, like, so up to date. Like, you know, like, nobody knew what was going to happen. Like, he didn't even know that he was dying in part five. He found out that he was dying because one of the special effects dudes went over to him and was like making casts of his arms. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, your arms are going to break and the walls are going to crush you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how he learned he's not going to be in there for part six. Um, the final room actually was going to be a whole other type of trap. It was going to fill with water. So it's kind of like the opening trap for him. He would have drowned to death. I'm glad they went this direction with it. Yeah, me too. Well, the reason that they did that is because it ended up being a little bit too difficult to film that the way that they wanted to. Isn't it amazing that making the walls close in on somebody is easier to film than filling a room with water? And that does make sense because like, all you got to do is just push the walls, you know? I just, uh, I would be kind of annoyed that they essentially did the same trap for him twice. Yeah, but like, well... <laughs> It's like Hoffman, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, is he as original as Jigsaw? I think it would make sense character-wise for him to not, like, he might be able to, like, make the shit, but is he as creative? Yeah, I don't know? know. That's true. I just, I from an audience perspective, I'm glad I that we didn't that. have that. Yeah. And this is probably one of the most, like, excruciating kills to watch. It is. Like, it's right up there with, like, Timothy Young's, like, The Rack, where his bones Being are- Being twisted. Yeah. Yeah. 
actually, the whole ending was going to be different in general. His whole thing, so Strom's story, was actually going to be tied a lot more closely with the game of five. It would have ended with them making it out, spotting Strom, thinking that he is one of Jigsaw's accomplices, which is why uh, blame would have been shifted off of Hoffman onto Strom, because they would have thought that it was him. I think it... I think that would have been a little bit flimsier, like for the trap people, the victims to like be like, you must be involved. I like the way that it's set up that the suspicion gets put on uh, Strom, like for the FBI, Mm -hmm. like the way Hoffman sets all that up. But I do wish that they had cut some of the lines about like these people are going to be more important than you realize. I feel like it was a leftover. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a a feeling that it was all going to be that too i have a feeling that the fbi was like maybe looking into strom and then on top of them accusing him they probably would have had that yeah well i mean they were already suspicious of him in part four yeah exactly so hoffman just put the rest of the pieces into place for them and just kind of let them take their natural assumptions there yeah so it was going to end like that and then it was also going to be revealed that jill is aware that hoffman is continuing jigsaw's work okay but we don't get that in this and that's it. That's okay. my fun facts for this movie. Okay. All right. So now it's time to discuss. So, Jesse, what did you think of this one? I actually really like that this one is a lot more focused on the police drama of it all. And I don't know. Maybe it's it's the law and order in me that... Uh, yeah, like you the know, procedural? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It honestly, you know, because a lot of the other movies, they'll like... The first one, we talked about this a lot, is a lot more procedural than anything. And we get told the story in flashbacks and everything. This one makes me think a lot of Sisevenin, um, where it's mostly just like detective work and we'll occasionally get a crime scene. Yeah. Um, And that's how this one plays out. And I really like it. I enjoy it. I like the cat and mouse between Strom and Hoffman, even though like the casting choice is kind of ridiculous because they're so similar to each other yeah (laughs) like if i hadn't watched gilmore girls like i would have a very hard time differentiating them because my brain is like luke it's tough man Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah it it had to have been a lot harder for you the first few times watching this yeah it was until like like probably my fifth watch (laughs) like i finally figured out who was who yeah um and I like the trap. I, this was one of those ones that like I started getting suspicious because, you know, by now it's like, oh, you're expecting some twist with it. Right. Yeah. And I kind of start putting the pieces together a little bit sooner than them that they should all be working together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in the first room, I was like, oh man, this is crazy. Then they get to the second room and I'm like, well, those are really big tubes. If it was me, I would just crawl in there. That and was then so obvious though. When I think yeah. about that, I'm like, well, this this is probably good news for me because that means maybe I won't end up in a jigsaw trap if my instinct, yeah, my instinct isn't like, okay, I'm going to kill the journalist, Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know? So I, I I like that we get that with it. I like that we get um, this like random story that for once actually doesn't feel really tied in any way personally to John Kramer. Like this is a little bit more of his vigilante justice than usual because the rest of the franchise is just going to be like, how did this person personally wrong Jonathan Kramer? Yeah. Um, which is fine, but it, yeah. Um 
So I just, I really like it. And obviously I love Julie Benz. Darla. She's the one that makes it, who I dubbed Tilly, right? That like makes it mm-hmm. to the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, AKA Angelus's sire. Angelus's sire. Mm-hmm. Who's that? And Buffy, you, you've you met can't. her. Okay, well, it's been so long since I've seen Buffy that yeah. like I, it's the faces. I'm only not seen gonna one spoil season. anything. She will come back in the Angel though. Okay. So. Uh, okay. I um, my good for this. I liked witnessing Jigsaw's actual transition into being more of like a actual direct killer. Because mm-hmm. like whenever we get the Hoffman jigsaw he actually i don't think he shares the ideals that john kramer had i think that he he fully sees that as a means to like fulfill his murders like to do his killing well he got blackmailed into being a part of this yeah he did and he did it like he started off imitating jigsaw just to kill somebody but then he got a taste for it and he was blackmailed i think he kind of secretly liked being blackmailed into it so he'd be like well i had to do it yeah maybe a little bit but he didn't have a choice i think it's i think it's cool that you can tell the difference between the two because you got one that's like the sanctimonious fucking asshole who thinks that he's not a killer but then you got this Mm -hmm. other one he's like no i'm a fucking killer i just do it in creative and fun ways it's just like how we talked about the difference between John and Amanda mm-hmm. in an earlier episode where she like she has the sense of righteousness, but she doesn't if it's not a victim she sympathizes with, she doesn't give them a way out. Yeah, if it's not like drug related or something, yeah. she's like, eh, fuck that person. Yeah, she's like, I have empathy for, for people me. like me. Yeah. Um, and that's if I don't see myself in you, you're not able to live. Yeah. Carrie. i also like uh to commend them for the flashbacks that they did Mm -hmm. with tobin bell they made him look like his past characters in those movies like i could tell that that was saw 2 john kramer because he had the little messy hair yeah whenever they were setting up the saw 2 trap uh whenever he was set up uh setting up the saw 1 traps in the flashbacks they gave him the bald cap which was well done goatee and the creepy goatee, it was good. Like they did <laughs> nice attention to detail with the effects yeah. and all of the makeup in this movie. It was really well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, other than what you said, that's pretty much all my good too. All right, so time for bad. What do you not like about this one? Uh, I do think it drags at some points. Okay. Um, as much as I like the procedural, I do think we get like a few too many shots of uh scott patterson looking at files because that's just i don't know it's it's less interesting and i get that they have to show him doing the police legwork and it's a little bit harder where he's not like part of a duo so he can't talk through this stuff out loud yeah we've got to see him looking at the files well there are like there are little tiny clues in there because he's like pulling out files from uh past jigsaw yeah you see the names of all murders you see the names of all the people from the past few movies like it's yeah like yeah it's it is almost kind of filler because like was it really giving us that's new that's needed it's not really providing anything it's just like giving us like we're watching him figure out that hoffman's associated with it yeah also how long do crime scenes get preserved for because that is something that <laughs> drove me crazy he went to like the fucking saw one saw two yeah, traps like how I the was fuck like, the wire the razor wire 
maze is still up? Is still here? Is that's, still a thing? That's the one that really blew my mind. Yeah, it was it was weird. What are you doing? Oh, oh. I got cover. I, okay. I I had an idea while we were watching last night, okay. so I like did like a quick little doodle just to try and figure out. That I way thought I you were. I thought it was a note to yourself about something else, like you were just trying to jot down. Mm, no, an idea I just had, maybe. Okay. I just had an idea for what I want the drawing to be. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna scribble it real quick. That way, I have something to go off. Of. Okay. Yeah, you guys can. You patrons out there can see the show notes for this one right here. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing, though, because we were also talking about this when we were talking with your mom about Socks or Saw X. Like, what's the timeline of this? Yeah. Like, we're on Saw 5. How long has it been since the events of the first or second movie? I don't really know. They're not very clear about it. Yeah, well, we know it's been at least, it was at least a year between um, two and three because that's how long Wahlberg was held hostage for, or six months. He was held hostage for six months. That's the thing that kind of So we know it's been at least six months between two and three. Three and four were at the same time. And four, five takes place right after four. Hold on. But this is getting ahead of us here. And this isn't really spoiling anything. But like in Saw 10, which takes place between one and two, they tell him that he has like three months to live. So it must be like... It has to have been less than a year since all this started. Yeah, it has to be. Like, like in-universe. Yeah, in-universe. So, like, a short amount of time. And all the movies, like, four, five, six, I feel like they all, like, right after one ends, like, the next one yeah, picks up. Like, th- this is all within a week, maybe. Yeah, because five starts right at the end of four. Yeah, and then which, they're all Which like we that. know canonically was at the same time as three. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, which we know canonically was six months after two. the end of two. <sighs> So two has to be some like based off of what we learned and saw X has to be no more than three months after one. It may be like the doctors are wrong with those types of diagnoses. Yeah, I mean, it's usually an estimate. It's it's just an estimate. Yeah. So, okay, that's not like grounds for. Yeah, it's not definitive. There's a little bit of wiggle room with it, but we're working under that assumption. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. My bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that this movie relies too much on John Kramer rather than moving forward with the pieces that they have. And that's just the thing. Like, they killed him off in three. I think that they need to just come to terms with it and just push forward. Because, like, a movie, this is the beginning of when we get flashback within a flashback. And it's just, like, too many flashbacks. Yeah. Like, just fucking move forward. You guys made the decision to kill him off. You got to just fucking go with it. And I think that's part of what goes along with the pacing. Like what I was saying, Mm -hmm. as much as I like the procedural element of it, we have to do a lot of looking at files and we have to do a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. And the flashbacks within the flashbacks get to be quite a bit. Like to the point Um, where is this a flashback or is this a flashback within a flashback? What's happening anymore? Yeah. These flashbacks within a flashbacks have very close to footnote energy. (laughs) Yeah, they Um, do. Yeah. So... Uh, okay. the, the only other thing I have bad here is like I feel like the main game in this movie it feels like an afterthought like everything else is happening in this movie and then like every now and then it'll cut over like oh yeah I, I like, guess we, we kind of have to have, to, have like, this because it's a song movie yeah, we, and, uh, all right, I guess we have them doing their thing here but like it's always short clips of it like it's not the main focus of this movie the main focus of this movie is Strom doing his investigation and Hoffman trying to navigate that and set him up 
I'm going to counter that, though. I kind of like that this movie takes a different approach to it because so many people are like, oh, the Saw movies are only about the traps. And I always try and tell people that they're not. They're not. So I like that we get this with it. I like for them to commit, though. I think they find a balance with it in the next movie where the next movie is going to be like, don't insurance companies suck? But also, here's some gnarly shit. Exactly. Yeah, they strike the perfect balance for that with this one. But this one right here, like it's just like... It's just the way it cuts to it. It's just like, oh, yeah, and this. All right. Yeah. All right, now that we got that out of the way, we had to do that. All right, I'm sorry. I Here's more coasters. I so sorry for whoever has to deal with the color grading in the post-production because like, they're like, okay, well, this, we got to go yellow for the flashback within a flashback. Like, Yeah, like, okay, what's the what's the second tier flashback tone? Okay, we yeah. got a third one? Okay, God, what, what's that going to be? Yeah, pink? we get the sepia tone because yeah. they watch Top Model also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your ugly? I guess the ugly, oh man, uh, there's a lot to choose from. We've got police corruption. Yeah. Uh, we've got righteous killing. Um, this one's mostly just about corruption. I think that's the mo- like the main theme. Yeah, and then we've got movie. yeah, like the whole the the five. Yeah, the game of five crew. They're, they're all corrupt. They're all corrupt. Yeah. Um, that's a, it's, it's real nasty. Yeah, that's mine too. The whole, like how corruption can destroy, like it, the, those five people like affected so many other people through their actions of selfishness and absolute it was pretty fucked up. Absolute power destroys, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's where we're at with <coughs> it, so. Okay, absurd then. Um, I'm gonna go back, I, I, should my bad and my absurd be the same? Like, how long can a can a crime scene be open? Is that a good absurd, or do I need? No, to that's a good absurd. Okay. I for a second oh. I thought that that was one of my absurds too. Actually, I've it is. A, that I've is got, one of I've got an absurd. Okay. My absurd is that the fire inspector sounds like the reason that we use a front clip harness for Talia because if we clip a leash to her collar, she gets too excited and she goes. <laughs> Oh my god, this you're what right. The fire inspector sounds like when she's about to be decapitated. Don't be a dummy. Stop choking yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, like with Talia, at least it's like all on her. But like, you know, in the fire inspector's case, like, <laughs> yeah. it, she's she's working with a bunch of dicks. Uh. Yeah, I had three things written down here, and we have already like discussed <laughs> most of them. But the first one was, yeah, the scenes from the previous movies are still up. I don't know how the fuck that's happening. Did they not collect all the evidence that they needed from that shit already? Yeah, we just, we, the other plot point of this movie is how corrupt the real estate business is in this town, like in the city planning business. Like, are you telling me all of these abandoned buildings aren't being- Untouchable. Yeah. No. Nah, there's it's... no way. There's too much murder and too much corruption in this town for those crime <laughs> scenes to be preserved for somewhere between six months and a year. <laughs> yeah. My second absurd- like I said before, the beginning of the double flashbacks. So many flashbacks in this movie. And then my third one is just the quote, killing is distasteful to, to me. me. <laughs> and I... so fucking ridiculous. So when I got my saw tattoo for my leg sleeve, uh, that was the quote I used when I posted it. And killing. I don't think anybody got it. Like, But I'm like, no, it's so funny it because is. of how self 
righteous John Kramer is. He's gone beyond like, I'm not murdering anybody to being like, I'm the only person who's actually bothered by murder. That's how much of not a murderer I am is that I actually think that murder is really gross. So <laughs> don't dare call me a murderer. Again, Jesse, this is a deep cut probably. <laughs> this is like, this is from a flashback within a flashback. You know what I mean? In a Saw movie. Like that's asking people to like be familiar with that shit right there. This is like what I talked about on our Patreon episode about like nobody's impressed by the person with the trauma intel in the room uh, besides other people who already have the trauma intel. We got trauma intel and Saw. <laughs> franchise yeah. intel up in here that's what we that's what we do here <laughs> all right what do you want to rate this out of 10 i'm gonna give this a seven seven five she haven't she haven't five yep i all think right. it's i think it's a good one um it's the start of a fantastic era i wish that we like could change up the pacing just a little bit yeah um but I really like the story within it. I like Scott Patterson absolutely destroying his vocal cords the oh, whole time. God. He commits to it. He I does. I respect the hell out of he that. He does, but there's no way that he's not coming out with vocal polyps. You know what I mean? Like Maybe that's why he's like, I know I signed on for part six, but God, I can't do this shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually talking like this now. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I, I have a lot of fun with this movie, but there's some stuff that's just a little bit harder to ignore with it so. yeah this is probably one of my least favorite in the series and it's a good one so i still enjoy it but, yeah uh because i i do like having the main thing here like you know like i don't like the afterthought like the main game being an afterthought i, I like it being front and center yeah. and tying well, into the overall story and here's the thing hearing how it was originally supposed to be tied in i think maybe they did they needed one more rewrite with it because they were like well we don't want it to end this way we want it to end this way so they kind of cut the wrong pieces out they needed to smooth it out they needed like one more rewrite to make it fit that yeah. balance of like this is definitely tied into framing strom but we're going to you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. you're right. But because of that, I think I'm going to give it like a 6.5. Oh, wow. Again, man, 6.5 is not bad. But, you know, it's probably one of the weaker Saw movies for me, personally. All right. I have to get too many decimals here, and I can't do that in my head because I'm not a calculator. How many points did you do? 7.75. Oh, that's on you. All right, 7.125. No, I gave the first rating. How was I supposed to know? You're going to throw out a 0. 0.5. You did a third. I didn't do a third. I don't know, man. I'm doing fractions in my head. It made sense badly. To me. Yeah. I, well, I didn't say well. <laughs> Seven point one two five. Seven point one two five. You heard it here. <laughs> All right. Let's All right. let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about it. We start. There's a man on a slab with uh, some white supremacy tattoos. So you yes. know he's a bad feller. Oh yeah, they make it uh, very clear that you, yeah. you don't want to root for this dude. They're like, we know that this is the fifth movie and we've established that generally the people in these uh, traps are morally gray at best, but <laughs> yeah. uh, we're gonna let you know he's a really bad guy. Yeah, this guy just fucking sucks. Like one Nazi tattoo's not enough <laughs> for him. That's how bad he is. Um, so Billy right pops now up. he's feeling helpless. Yes, I just want everybody to be prepared for that line um, next <clears throat> month. <coughs> so Billy pops up on the screen, mm -hmm. doing his normal thing. He's talking about giving justice for him this time around because yeah. he got out of prison early. Yeah, he should have been serving a life sentence. Got out early on a technicality. Um, also, it's raining outside, and I never noticed that before this watch. 
Oh, like, I never, I didn't notice that yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed a couple of shots of the window and it was raining, and I was like, ooh, how, that's a nice detail. Yeah, how, like how nice. So that's the mood. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got sicky, uh, sicky. He got sicky he's seconds. He's got sticky hands. He got uh, <laughs> and that's sticky gross, seconds. So. <laughs> Uh, 60 seconds and the pendulum, pendulum. Oh, so that's how you got to sticky hands. I, I said, 60 seconds to I didn't, stick his hands. I didn't say sticky. I said sicky. Oh, I heard. Sicky seconds. My brain added in, my brain made it a word. Mm-mm, no. Okay. Let me start over. <clears throat> 60 seconds and a pendulum will cut him in half if he does not crush his hands. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he proceeds to go ahead and crush his hands. He actually... He kind of powers through this. It's a, it's gross. We watch his hands ooze. Uh, that's a visual I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, well, he's got to because we got to create a point for this death right here. Yeah. And it's because, well, okay, this is, it's one that's happened in the past. Like Amanda killed, what's her face? Uh, what, what was Carrie. Her name? Carrie, intentionally. But this guy here, he did the trap. He did what he was asked and he still gets cut in half by the pendulum. And he looks over to his side and sees there's an eye watching him from the other side of the wall. Yeah, and the pendulum continues to drop, and eventually he is cut in half. And then what I think is a nice little touch is his little neck piece comes undone. So when you get to the crime, it looks like he just decided, like, this feels good on my tum-tum. I'm going to, like, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, keep it going. So, uh, yeah, we move on over to the ending of Saw 3 and 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strom is in the room with Jeff. For the third time, we see Jeff get shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, you guys really hated him, right? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> we see his wife's blown open head again for the third Listen, or fourth time. Listen, they spent a lot of money on that prosthetic work. They, They're like, we're yeah. going to make this count. We didn't. She hated the process of getting her head casted, and we <laughs> yeah. want to make it worth it to her. <laughs> Can we put this in all of the future sequels in <laughs> like some we gotta form? We got to find a way to flashback yeah. this in every future movie. Um, but this time, we see Strom find a hidden door. So yeah, he enters because it. there's fluorescent paint around it because mm-hmm. we know that canonically John Kramer loves some glow-in-the-dark paint that needs to be charged by fluorescence first. He's a sneaky little boy. Mm-hmm. Also, there he finds a tape, which he plays, which tells him not to go in, but yeah, instead of that, he's like, fuck you. Yeah, basically, he's like, you've been searching for me. Is finding my body enough for you, or do you have to keep going? Heed my words. This room can be your sanctuary or your grave. Yeah, so he just literally says, fuck you, out loud, and then enters just to be picnapped. Yep. Um, and he is put in, <laughs> I refer to it as his water hat. Dude. Uh, <laughs> okay. The way that this is introduced, though, I love this because it's pitch black and it's like a tiny little square in the center of the screen and then it zooms in and we see it's strong with that around his head and he's freaking the fuck out. Do you ever have nightmares about like you have to use the bathroom but the only toilet is like in the middle of like a public area no you've never had that that seems like it might be a common shared nightmare yeah but no i've also... talked about it with other people i was I'm gonna not... say this also seems like a weirdly specific jesse nightmare yeah too. no i know for sure i'm not the only one that's ever had this nope. um but okay. yeah like it the setup reminds me of like one of the recurring nightmares that would have of, like those toilet just they... in a large auditorium and it's like spotlit <laughs> they kind of took that idea and ran with it in saw seven with the opening there <laughs> So, um, okay, it's like a clear cube on his head. and uh, I think we found our poll for this week. (laughs) 
Okay, we can ask him. Have, do you ever have nightmares about pooping and or peeing in the middle of people? In the middle of people. <laughs> God damn it, man. We're barely into this movie. Okay, so um, does he even? He doesn't even play a tape here, does he? He played the tape before he went in. So that was the tape. Okay, yeah. so here, yeah, water just fills the he box. He was meant to die. Yeah, he was supposed but, to die here. Because all of his shit was taken out of his pockets and set on a little tray, except for a pen. Come on, um, Kosas. Don't you know the pins are like the perfect tool to perform a tracheotomy? Yeah, he does. I'm really impressed he's able to, like, I feel like I couldn't. Um, you know, how do you, well, how do you know where to stab, right? Because, like, the thing is, like, do, am I just like stabbing my jugular and gonna bleed out now, too? Or, I like, think you do, like, right here. I don't know, man. He's He's got knowledge of it. He knows yeah. what's up because he gets his pin and he stabs himself right in the neck and he's able to yep. breathe. Yep. So we cut to outside the building. We yeah, see Hoffman Costas. out there being uh, consoled by the team, the rescue squad. Yeah, he's like, nobody made it. Cut to an EMT saying, we got a live one. Yeah, and then you get like <laughs> the shocked beautiful. Pikachu face on Costas. Like, oh. <laughs> and then we... we see Strom getting wheeled out. Mm-hmm. We cut to Jill in a waiting room and this nosy lady nudging her I husband. It's so obvious, too. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, fucking girls right here. And I'm like, listen, I wouldn't talk about the wife of a notorious serial killer right in front of her. Yeah, you know she what might I mean? get like, you. She might not take kindly to that. Maybe she was in on it. You don't know. So this is actually an attorney's office, and this is one of her husband's attorneys. Um, I don't think he realized that John had multiple attorneys because he's like, I represented your husband. And I'm like, actually, we talked about the fact that Art Blank represented her husband just a year ago. Um, I, I don't know. They had like a falling out, I think, because they ended up being business partners. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they actually never did make it back up. I don't think they did. Um, so he... Uh, he reveals that John left a little thing for her, and it's a videotape. But yeah. also, um, there's something else in this little briefcase. Listen, I want to once again talk about John and how he is completely blind to all of his faults and how he doesn't actually give a shit about the people he quote unquote is helping because he's like, uh, it's your fault you lost. It's my fault you lost the baby because uh, I permitted your work with those people at your clinic to continue. I don't John, understand John, shut that. the fuck up. Yeah, like I, I don't fucking understand that. I do like, though, that they make him like this so because like he's he's straight up written to not be like he's smart but he's stupid you know what i mean like he's so blind to his own faults exactly yeah he can't fucking see it but uh yeah he left a box for her and it's locked and she's got the key around her neck yeah and she quickly peeks in and then closes it really fast yeah and then the lawyer's like what's in it and she goes thanks bye (laughs) none of your fucking business he does it not that it's my business, but what is it? Yeah, it's not your fucking business, dude. Get the fuck out of here. I really wish that they had done like a Pulp Fiction, like, are we happy? Oh, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we now see a press conference going mm-hmm. on declaring that Jigsaw's dead. Patty Jenkins is there. Patty Jenkins is there? Mm-hmm. Really? She's asking questions, and he's like, not now, Miss Jenkins. So I like that we have that seed planted already. Ah, interesting. That's what I'm saying. For as silly and outlandish as this franchise that gets, it holds continuity really well. It does, yeah. You're right. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I, when I saw her last, I was like, she looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And now I know. All yep, right. yep. I made a note. I was like, that looks like her. And then they call her Miss Jenkins. I was like, Patty. Hey, okay. <laughs> 
So yeah, this is like a whole ceremony written by Kosas Mandalore mm-hmm. to give Detective Hoffman a promotion to Detective Lieutenant. Detective Lieutenant, yes, he uh, is also recognized for his heroics for stopping mm-hmm. Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And also, people are dead, but you know, right but now whatever. let's talk about Kosas. Yeah, yeah, he did such a good job. Let's not worry about that. Let's not spoil the mood here, folks. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Sam goes to the hospital to check on. Drum um, and also fire him, kind yeah, of not cool. fully fire him. Just but tells like, him he's not on the case anymore. He's he's getting a PIP next time he's back in uh, <laughs> back in the office. Yeah. So um, Hoffman finds a note saying, "I know who you are" at his desk, mm-hmm. and then we get a flashback of Perez getting killed. Yep. Um, Hoffman checks in on Strom and Strom asks him why Perez's last words were Hoffman. So just like saying his name, Detective Hoffman. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, how did you get out of that building? He's like, same way you did. And Strom's like, uh, I came out of that building on a gurney with a fucking hole in my neck. Yeah. <laughs> you just got a couple of scrapes and scratches. Jigsaw doesn't make any mistakes. Yep. And then he calls the whole department crooked. And then Kosas is like, Joke's on you. I am the department. (laughs) I killed, I mean, Jigsaw (coughs) killed everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, Jigsaw. He goes, read the papers. I saved that little girl. (laughs) So Uh, Hoffman is monitoring a trap, which is both on camera and set up in a cute little miniature. I like that they set these up in like little miniatures. I know. It's nice. Yeah. And like he even adjusts it to like match their body posture. See, I feel like that takes extra work to do that, right? But then again, I'm not an engineer. He's putting the art into his fashion. You know what I mean? I mean, he probably learned it from John Kramer because I think we get like clips of John Kramer's workstation where he has similar type of shit. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, got the setup for the next game. And And then then we uh, cut to the five. Yeah, the five players. They're all chained to a wall and there's a glass box ahead of them. Yeah, so they're, you know, freaking out. The rich kid's like, I knew this would happen. I'm like, so you know you're a piece of shit. Yeah. He's like, I knew Jigsaw would come for me one day. Um, They argue about Jigsaw because Darla's like, "Uh, do do you not read the papers? Jigsaw's dead. Uh, And then the journalist is a smug jerk. They learn from the tape that from birth, they've all been given advantages. Um, but they've used them to put down others mm-hmm. to get in their way or that have been in their way. And then I wrote, tonight is the night that five become one. <laughs> Hopefully, that's how it should go. But we know that that's not the case this time. Yeah. Um, but the journalist, investigative journalist, who we don't know that yet, but the bald dickhead, of, I have him written down in my notes at this point, knows about everybody in the room mm-hmm. somehow. And, and he's not given any information about yeah. himself. And we we learn about this because the fire inspector is like, well, that's a pipe bomb or that's a homemade nail bomb, probably C4. They're like, how do you know that? And he goes, oh, she's a fire inspector. She was fired a month ago, though. Fired <laughs> yeah. inspector. Yeah, am I right, guys? And everybody's like giving him a high five. I was like, yo. And then he starts like taunting the rich kid for his burn scars. And then the rich kid goes, you know what? Fuck you. And then he starts the trap. Calls him um, trust fund, baby. Yeah, he, he is a trust the, fund baby. Pulls the pin, runs for the key, and we see different shots of all of them being basically very bloodthirsty and willing to sacrifice each other to get the keys. And one by one, they get their collars off just in time, except for the fire inspector who's going. Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> she gets pulled back, and her head is cut off. Mm-hmm. She is dead. Yep. Um. And before they walk out, 
Jarlet collects all of the keys from the boxes and the rich kid's like, what are you doing? And she says, being, being smart. smart. That is smart. I would think yeah. to do something like that too if I knew yeah. what was up with. I mean, I was already really impressed with her because like I was looking at these cases going like, well, I, like picturing Ryan Gosling in, um, no, Jake Jiglenthal's. Which one's the one in um, The Nice Guys? That's Ryan Gosling. Okay. I was picturing Ryan Gosling and the nice guys like busting through the window and like fucking up his arm. And I was like, oh, oh. yeah. Like, that's just going to make the rest of the game even harder. And then she takes her heel yeah, and heel. just hits it. And I was like, Hence the oh, name that's Healy. smart. That's, yeah. why I, yeah, that's why I called her Healy because she's like, yeah, I got these heels. I'm going to use them. Um, so we got oh. two Hoffman. He's sitting in his car and he calls Erickson He's to like, tell Erickson, yeah, I, uh, I tried, tried checking on Strom. I Strom. I can't find him anywhere. I need to ask him some questions about the case. It's just so weird. Um, so Strom is checking Hoffman's records. Uh, what the fuck does this note say? Yeah, Strom goes to like the office to grab some files on Hoffman. He looks up Hoffman's name. Oh, he's got no criminal record yeah, in the system, but no he he checks the cases that he's been involved in, and he's been involved in everything marked probable jigsaw victims. Everything after the mm-hmm. original murder. And then he learns that his sister was killed by Seth Baxter in a domestic violence incident. Um, Erickson sees Strom when he's on his way out, and he's you know a little suspicious. Yeah, but he's like, oh, it's okay. I'm gonna go take some time to heal up. So Strom visits the scene of the Baxter murder. Which is still up miraculously. Still up. Uh, they flash back to Hoffman on the case um, when they, you know, they get to the scene of the crime because, you know, Hoffman's been involved with this jigsaw crimes for a while. And they get there and he goes, yeah, no, I know that man. There's a Seth Baxter. He killed my sister. Which you think that the cops would have figured that out at some point beforehand. Surely. And, like they do the cop bro thing. He's like, well, I guess in this case, justice was served. Yeah. Which is the same line that Hoffman uses at the press conference, by the way. Oh, it is. You're mm-hmm. right. What do you mm-hmm. know? All right, yeah. Strong so they... figures out that basically Hoffman, this is all a gut feeling. He was like, you set this up to look like a jigsaw murder to get revenge on your sister's murder. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious, though, that like in all of these scenes, he keeps finding the little hole where they watched like, the yeah. people, and like somehow that's crucial like piece of evidence yeah, to like, like link him seen, to Hoffman. Yeah, we've seen these peepholes since the beginning. I don't understand how it has any importance. It's like, this matches Hoffman's eye hole. Yeah. <laughs> We all know that Hoffman's got tiny vertical eyes. Yeah, they go like just like this right here. It's a little bit weird. It's like a snake eye because he's a snake. The metaphor is unsubtle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So back at the game, uh, I players. Don't know why I'm making him sound like Larry David? <laughs> uh, we're getting weirder and weirder with this shit as we go on. Uh, all right. So the players are at the next stage of their game. So um, they uh, tell each other their own stories just to see if they can find a common thread that's got yeah. them all there together. So Luba works for the Department of City Planning. She is the daughter of a sports team owner who wants a sports team venue in the city um, and had been lobbying for a while. And I guess his sports team is getting it. Maybe. Maybe not now. Um. Yeah. Well, I think it's all pointing to them getting it. Darla uh, is the senior vice president for a real estate development company. Mm-hmm. Um, the other dude, Fireboy, is a trust fund baby, and uh, the dickhead is an investigative journalist for mm-hmm. the the Herald, which is dubbed the Gossip uh, newspaper, which we all know which one that yeah. is, you know. So there are only four chambers there, uh, and only three people can fit. 
Where yeah, only guess, three Ewoks can fit. Yeah, there's keys in all of the jars above their head, but most of them are blank. There's three keys that aren't blank. They match the shapes to the locks in the cell doors. Um, so basically there's three safe hiding places before the bombs go off in, what is it, like 60 seconds? Yeah, so... Um, Right away, the journalist takes a stick and beats the shit out of the arsonist dude. Survival of the fittest. Yeah, so the others don't really take too kindly to that, so they take their sticks and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, and, and they Luba rescue goes, the other Survival dude. of the fittest, my ass! <laughs> yeah. I love, I love her delivery of that. Like mm-hmm. it sticks with me. Yeah, so they all hop into their little tunnels, and he gets blown up. He He's gets dead. real blown up. Yeah, big time. Um. We flash back to Hoffman's pignapping. Um, before he is pignapped, he tries to shoot a dog named Pee Wee. Whether um, he didn't, though, like most like cops, I feel like cops usually itch to pull the trigger. Especially in for like that. especially for breeds like Dobermans, German Shepherds, and Pitbulls. I also like that that dog. They, they named... don't just profile people. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the dog's name's Pee Wee though, because it's just like so opposite from its yeah. like physical appearance. Little Pee Wee. Um, I love it when names are either really on the nose or really unexpected for dogs. Like there was a, what is, oh God, um, a Great Dane at the vet whose name was Moose. And I was like, oh, that's Moose. accurate. Yeah. Uh, like I couldn't help myself when they called <laughs> Moose. And she was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, sorry. Um, and then he also doesn't follow, Hoffman also doesn't follow elevator etiquette because he hits the button and he's like standing right there and the woman at the front of the elevator is like, can you move? You are supposed to let people get off the elevator before you try and get on. (laughs) Duh. And uh, apparently this is a flashback because we get John Kramer standing in the elevator also. And he gets in in glasses and gloves and he's standing in the elevator. Uh, Hoffman chooses his floor but notices that there isn't a floor chosen for him. He's like, so what floor are you going on? To which John Kramer says, ah, I got you. Yeah. So he just like pins him up against the wall and stabs him in the neck with a needle and just kind of. And this is the moment where Hoffman decided how he was going to set Strom up. Yeah. His neck stabbing. Oh, shit, that, that fucking hurt. Yeah, like, he's like, going to get somebody with yeah. that eventually. Uh, so he said that Hoffman's work is inferior. It's an inferior blade. It's an inferior trap. I like the way that he dropped that though. He's like, yeah, I noticed you're trying to, I don't take too kindly. Or like, no, it's they like say the, imitation's the, uh, like a highest form, form of, of flattery, flattery but, but uh, I didn't really take too kindly to people trying to imitate my work. Also, your blade work was inferior. Like, I like how he just like dropped that bombshell yeah, he's on like, him. You can only use uh, tempered steel. <coughs> It'll last better in the long haul. And it's like, how many times do you think he's going to use this particular pendulum? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you frequently reusing your tools, like, John? Oh, yeah. I repurpose all of my I shit. haven't seen recycled torture devices. Actually, um, I was reading that some of the stuff in this scene right here is stuff that's reused. Oh, well, shit. Okay. Like this gun that ha- is pointed at um, Hoffman in the scene is one that was used in one of the previous traps. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, basically, he blackmails Hoffman into joining him because he's like, you can join me and learn the most effective way of rehabilitation, or you can go back to work and I will tell. Um, everybody that you committed the Seth Baxter murder and Hoffman's like, nobody's going to believe you. He's like, no, you want to see? Actually, Hoffman threatens to kill him. He's like, well, if you kill me, I've got a whole team of people that will out you mm-hmm. if I am dead. So uh, you can really just choose to fuck your life up or you can choose to fuck step your underneath life my wing, bro. <laughs> I'll take you under my wing. You see this? You see this? 
I got room for one more coasters right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a coaster. It's, it's a, a coaster size, size wing. Yeah. <laughs> got them vertical eyes, so it's right here for you, <laughs> just for you. So Erickson sees Strom has files on his desk. He calls Hoffman back from his voicemail that he got. Hoffman tells him that Strom is theorizing about Jigsaw having another accomplice, somebody that's on the inside. Yeah, which is something that he'd already kind of heard, like that they had been talking about in the previous movie. Erickson wasn't getting like all of the details because he was just managing Strom and Perez, but now he's got to kind of take over. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then Erickson finds out that all of the Jigsaw victims' files have been missing. And then mm-hmm. he kind of pieces it together from when he saw Strom in the office earlier. Yeah. So the three remaining of the five are upset and or righteous about the journalist's death. Um, basically, Darla and the rich boy are are upset seeing him blown here oh. and there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, while Lubo's like, mm, I'm going to take on all of his personality traits that just got him murdered. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. So they move forward. Uh, then we see Strom investigating the razor maze from mm-hmm. the first movie. Mm-hmm. That's and then- still up. Yeah, flash uh, flashes back to the first victim getting kidnapped mm-hmm. by John and uh, Hoffman, and uh, John is telling He's Hoffman that you can't tap. you can't let your heart prevent you from doing this because Kostas or I'm going back and forth. Hoffman is starting to feel a little bit of remorse from doing yeah. it. I guess because he's not like emotionally tied to this stuff here. Yeah, but then he he warns John about Tap getting onto him, and then John has him lead the cops to Lawrence Gordon, a doctor, and he also has him pull the files for the criminals that are going to be taken to the house trap in part two. Mm -hmm. So the three in the trap discuss their crimes. The uh, rich, (laughs) I read the rich, Oh, rich kid. I thought I wrote rich lad and I was like, oh, I was feeling rich fun. Rich lad, yeah. Um, he killed people. He I was given killed some people. Maybe yeah. like eight-ish. I don't know. Like... Yeah, he was given an ounce of heroin to burn down an empty building, but it wasn't empty. There were eight people inside and he killed them and his dad basically uh, bailed him out. Bailed him out. Yeah. Paid off the journalist so that he would bury the story. And then we find out the businesswoman uh, or Lubo, I guess, uh, grants building permits. Yeah, she kind of pulled some tricks to get rezoning things taken care of. And um, Darla set it all in motion by trying to get this this property. Yeah, I don't think that they've come down. to that conclusion yeah. yet, though. But uh, they are in a room now with a tub of water and a bunch of electronic... Uh, little wires here that they got to connect into the tub to Listen, activate the next door. Even if all five of them are still alive at this point, these connections are not created equal because some of them are clamps and some of them are stabby things. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, no, I don't know, man. So Lubo's ready to kill the rich kid. I like how she is the only one getting a real name from us. Um, <laughs> I am calling her businesswoman. Oh, well, but I'm I, calling her Lubo. Yeah. Um, she yeah she goes straight up like kill her most. She tries to kill the fire boy. But Darla's like, you know what? No. She kills her in the most effortless way. She just takes like what? Is, what is even is it? Is it a pin? It's is a little it, spike. A little spike or something. She just I think it's the cord. Yeah. Yeah. She just stabs her with it. It's a spike at the end of the cord. Yeah. She just stabs her. In the That's neck. what I'm saying. These cords are not all created equal. But so... she just dies. She doesn't like sit there and bleed out. It's just like, oh, I'm dead. Like it's just an immediate death. Well, they throw her into the tub. And they so, hook her all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they've got clamps and spikes and hooks and she fries, but they're out of that room. Yeah. So Jill meets with Erickson. She thinks she's being followed by somebody in the FBI, specifically Agent Strom, who coincidentally earlier at the hospital had told Erickson he wanted to question her one more time. That's right, yeah. Uh, then we cut back to a flashback to Saw mm-hmm. 3 where Jigsaw is or asking, or 4, whichever one, but he's asking Hoffman to set up the events of Saw 5. Mm-hmm. He's like, this movie. is more important than you know. Yeah. Part of the larger picture. Um, He's also talking to him about Amanda and her emotions, her bigness, we- biggest weakness, and how or her biggest strength, actually, but also her weakness. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a job interview. Um, (laughs) And then Hoffman's uh, biggest strength is his anonymity, and that needs to be preserved because it's also his biggest weakness. That's true. Um, So so that's why he's got to set up this game. It's all connected to the larger picture, and the larger picture is basically framing Stroms. That way, Hoffman can continue John's work if Amanda fails this test. Exactly, which Hoffman is doing. He takes... Uh, Strom's phone from an evidence bag mm-hmm. and calls Erickson with oh, it and I hangs he, up like, immediately. I thought he cloned it. I thought he did like a clone. He might have, but he did take something from the evidence bag mm. that looked like that. So he may have done that. Like maybe taking the chip or well, something. Well, I mean, his phone would have been at the scene. Yeah. So, and if it was a work phone, then it's not like Strom would have been eager to get his cell back, you know? Right, yeah. But you would think Erickson would know that it's not in his possession. No, yeah. Well, yeah. So he calls well, Erickson. Well, he did see that he had shit stolen from before, so well, maybe he stole true. his evidence back back. So he calls Erickson, immediately hangs up, and then um, when Erickson tries to call him back, he turns the phone off, so Erickson puts a locator on Strom's phone. Um, Hoffman drives to where he's got his little monitoring set up and leaves the phone there, mm-hmm. turns it back on so it can be located. Darla and the rich kid are at the blood pooler. Is that what it's called? That's what I called it. I like that. That's that's a good name for it. (laughs) It's not particularly creative, but it gets the message across. You could also call it the blood drive. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's like a box, like five boxes with like five holes. Well, it's one box with five holes and five saws. And um, they've got to get 10 pints of blood, which is coincidentally how many pints that the human body can hold. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's like you, you know, the human body can survive with potentially half that. So, you know, if they'd all still been there, they could have all done all of these together. All of the keys from the first room are exactly the same, which Darla realizes when she's trying the keys on the last door. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have all, they could have doubled up in some of those containers in the second room. Third room, Oh, there's five cords that could have each held one, gotten a little shock. Yep, just a tiny little shock, yeah. And then in this one, it would hurt two pints of blood to lose. Doesn't feel good, but, you know, they'd be done really quickly and they'd be out. I know hindsight is like always twenty twenty, but they could have just grabbed uh, the girl's body from the tub but- and just like mm. shoved her arm in there. Fresh blood. Yeah, that's a good point. But again, like they didn't know but, what to expect. Well, no, they couldn't have actually because all of the rooms have the pipe bombs in the corner. So if you don't get out of the room fast enough, they explode. Well, they still had the door open though. They were going back and forth between. They the were two going doors. back and forth, but by the time they realized what was going on, it was counting down three, two, one. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just thinking like if things could have progressed in like a different way, they could okay. have done that. It's yeah. still possible. Also, um, 
the Fireboy reveals that uh, the journalist was actually writing a story on him killing those people, but his dad paid him Mm -hmm. the hush money to suppress the story. So they all realize that they all played a part in Mm -hmm. this just to get a stadium built. I also like this dialogue. They have some really good dialogue in this movie, and one of it is when they're realizing that um, they should have worked together the entire time. The rich kid goes, whoops. And Darla goes, (laughs) big fucking whoops. Big fucking whoops. Yep. That is correct. So, meanwhile, Strom is tailing Hoffman, and Erickson is tracking Strom's phone. Um, Strom finds... This is where we're having a lot of cutting between scenes, so we're going to try and make it as cohesive as possible without necessarily going in the exact order. So, this is what happens. Strom arrives at the scene there. All right. He is following Erickson. Uh, He finds a separate room. No, he's following Hoffman. I could have sworn I saw... No, Erickson's there. No, Erickson is trying to find Strom's phone. It's not at the same location, I think. I thought I don't the, the way it's cut may may have confused it, me. It is a little bit confusing. Okay, so okay, he's but, following Hoffman. Well, though. okay, let's just go ahead and get Erickson out of the way then, real quick. Okay. 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 So Erickson walks in, finds where Strom's phone is, thinks that Strom has set this whole thing up because he sees the miniature, he sees the cameras, and then he looks over, the door is open, and Darla crawls out with her arm split in half, and she's like, We did it, we won. He's like, You're under arrest. <laughs> yeah, like, like he's ready to shoot her <laughs> no. at first. I'm like, Put your hands up. Does she like, really my... look like like she's in danger? My hands in half. I can't. Yeah. And then he looks over and sees the rich kid passed out, maybe dead. We're not entirely sure. I he didn't he have died. the strength. Yeah, I think I... he cut more of his arm than he she did. did. He put in more than mm-hmm. 50 or uh, five pints. Yeah. Um, so he calls for medical assistance. So that's where things ended with Eric. And Erickson also finds a file with his picture in it. So he thinks Strom was going to come after him. Right, next. right. Then we got Strom who followed Hoffman who mm-hmm. finds an empty room with like a giant version of the trap that he had at the beginning with like except, a bed of glass and yeah, a tape in instead it. Instead of water, it's a bed of glass. So he reaches in, grabs the tape, and the tape says, Have you learned to trust me? Um, you will survive this room if you get in the box. It'll hurt, but you know it's the only way you can survive. Yeah, you have to trust me. If you get in it, you will survive. And then I have to imagine because, like, we get the rest of the tape played later that he stopped it right there. This motherfucker doesn't finish the tape. He just hits pause. Yeah, like, and he hides behind the door. Yeah. So then we get Hoffman who enters the scene, who is acting like he doesn't know where Strom is. Strom should be in there, but then Strom sneaks up from behind him. They get into a little fight, and then he knocks him into the box and locks him in it. And then I wrote that right here, Strom is bum bum bummed. Bum 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 bum. Because he, uh, Strom kind of, or Hoffman kind of points at the tape, and he finishes playing it. And says, however, if you don't get in this box, this room will become your tomb. Isn't it funny? Like the crucial bit of dialogue that he needed from that tape. He yeah. Paused that. How convenient. But here's the thing: is that I'm sure there was some contingency plan. If Strom had gotten in the box, you know what I mean? Maybe. I don't know. Hoffman's a little bit more sloppy than uh, John Kramer, I think. I think that's what they're trying to get across with some of this stuff. Maybe. Because he is the one that designed that thing. He's like, Jigsaw doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, Jigsaw doesn't, but this fucking Jigsaw does. Like, he, He didn't expect you to fucking stab your neck. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, this time he gets him, though. And, uh... The little box kind of oh. falls into the ground, and mm-hmm. then the walls start caving in, and then Strom gets crushed. Listen, 
I feel so claustrophobic in this scene because we're watching Hoffman or Strom get completely crushed, right? And we're seeing his bones break and it's awful. But I'm also claustrophobic looking at it from Hoffman's perspective because he is sinking into a floor and the walls are closing over top of him. Yeah, in a bed of glass. <gasps> yeah, it's it's all unpleasant. Do you think he was wearing like extra padding under his suit? Because that's what I would do if I was him. I bet you did. If he's planning on getting in there, I, I think he probably padded it a little bit. Yeah. For I'm, sure. Yeah. He's smart. Yeah. He's an engineer. All right. That's the end. That's that how I saw five ends. That's how it ends. Uh, all right. Do you want to uh, touch your score at any point? I think 775 is right for this. I still enjoy it. Um, like I said, I didn't really talk at the beginning, but I do like a lot of the dialogue in this movie. It sticks with me. Um, it's funny. I'm not sure if it's meant to be as funny as it is at times. but mm, Probably not. I, I, but enjoy, I enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll bump mine to seven because I like how we get like more into the continuity with this. We're building it more into a story. It's becoming more of that soap opera that yes. we love about it. Yes. And I am a little bit bummed that the main trap takes a backseat for this movie, but we still get some decent traps in this. Yeah. And I don't know. I still have a good time with this one. Well, our new average is 7375. Okay. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Talia was very excited when we started this movie and she was like, fuck yeah, look at my tummy. That's always a good sign. That's always great. Start off with tummy. Um, then she was watching the very beginning. She did insist a lot that she had to go out at 13 minutes and seven seconds, but I choose to take that as she didn't want to miss anything. She realized early on she needed to go out and she was like, let me take care of this real quick. She was watching intensely. I remember the, uh, the beginning of it. She was like, she had her eyes on the screen. Yeah. Um, and then she was kind of sleepy. So I think Talia, honestly... I think Talia's gonna give this an eight. Whoa. She was really into it. She does like this movie a lot. Yeah. Um she liked Pee-wee. But I think I think yeah, she liked Pee Wee and Pee Wee lived. Also, she watches Buffy with me, so I think she was really excited to see Julie Benz. Okay. She um, also likes Kosis. And she likes Kostas. Yeah. She's like, I wanna lick his little puffy lips. <laughs> Okay, uh, and Zoe was present. She watched the multiple entire thing. Multiple explosions yeah. and this multiple nail bombs going mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. She was into it. Yeah, she, she liked it a lot. It. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, who did you relate to? Um, oh, man. I think I probably related to the Pee Wee's owner. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, you're God, provoking yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, asshole. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked her. That's true. That's such a good one. God yeah. damn. Who the fuck did I relate to in this then? Mm. <sighs> I'll relate to the other detective that's working with Hoffman that like when he has all the information unloaded onto him about his sister death. Oh, he's the just trauma like, dump. He's like, well. Yeah. He's um, just like, that's fucked up. Yeah. That, that would be my response to that too. Like, I guess justice is sure, served. Yeah, like, like, that, that was that fucked sucks. up. I'm going to go do other parts of my job. I'm not so good with the grief. All thing. right. Um, oh, okay. There's something for me over here. I'm sorry. Yep. I got to uh, go. <laughs> shit fucking sucked. <laughs> okay. Um... We All don't right. do dream sequel for no. this one, but we which do. Which trap? Which trap do we think would survive? Yeah, which trap do you think you would survive? Honestly, I think I could handle the gauntlet of the five. I, I think d- I, could I do too. think I could. I think I would have a real hard time at the end, but if I could get everybody, I, honestly, okay, we're team players. Yeah, we're team players, but the problem also is you don't know what kind of a team you're going to be put on. So I'm thinking about like scavenger hunts at summer camp. Those were always the worst because like. 
I don't have a dominant enough personality for stuff like that. So people me, are mean and bossy. Let me and... pitch it to you like this. Okay. We're on a team. Okay. But we're on the team that we had when we did Family Feud at Scarefest this year. Do you think that you could win? I think I could with our team. I think if I was with that one from the opposite team, that's like actually our points are like this. I think I would have. She's a hard in time. on it. She's she's the reporter. Oh God. <laughs> we had the worst experience with playing like a a Family Feud game at Scarefest this year. That's all you need to know. Everybody yeah. was insufferable. It was we actually walked well, out on it. <laughs> it wasn't like everybody was insufferable. It was just Most like the whole were. situation was kind of a bad situation because. There was food poisoning and people not understanding the rules of Family Feud, and it just despite hosting Family Feud, <laughs> it was just kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're they're a part of our team. Do you think you can make it with them? I think I'd have a really hard time because I think that that person would like, I I would fight with them. Exactly. It, it would be like the rich kid and the journalist. I would like get into an argument with them and be like, no. We clearly need to let's make sure that these keys match. Let's see if Actually, that works. Actually, Jigsaw said that you have to do it this way. J Jigsaw said, "Don't listen to your instincts." And I'm like, "Well, then, by that logic, whose instinct? If our instincts are opposite, okay." Yeah, yeah, you won't but win it. I think I would win in spirit. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> you don't. You don't have a moral victory in a jigsaw. You either live or you die. Okay. Well, I think once I realized that the rest of the team wasn't going to get along, I would at least try and get through that first room, and then try and get everybody to try and get her dead. Like no, but when we get to the second room before kicking off the game, I'd be like, "Hey guys, I think we're all supposed to work together." Like my instinct is telling me that. You need to be the one to win, and we're the ones that have to die. So mm -hmm. we should all go forward, and you should stay back here with the nail bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the way to do it. <laughs> That's how I'm winning this. Um, if I were to choose another one, um, I can't do the tracheotomy, man. No. I can't fucking do that. I think I can listen. I would win that final one with Strom getting in the box of glass because I would play the tape all the way through. Yeah, you wouldn't just cut it off mid-sentence? Yeah, exactly. I would like let it finish, and then I would get in there, and I'd be like, well... I don't fucking know. Like, whatever. Like, he's not, like, he's usually pretty upfront about his instructions. He's never really lied or misled in his instructions in the past. Fuck okay. it. I'll get in the, I'll get in the box. God, I can't wait till the next one when Kostas Kostas, as much Kostas as he can Kostas. Nah, that's like the next few then, of them, man. Yeah, and then he's going to Kostas even harder in part seven. In seven, it's going to be like the rise of Kostas. Like, it, it's going to be a fucking beautiful. Six and seven, the six and seven are just the rise and fall of Costas, and I love it. I like his fall. Yeah, his fall is fun. Okay, um, let's see what is next on the docket here. Oh yeah, all right, time for tagline. Oh, I'm gonna pitch what um I sang earlier, which is tonight is the night that five become one. I like that. Yeah. That's actually a really good tagline. We, yeah, we're describing the trap. We're throwing in a little Spice Girls. Like, you there can't be mad. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's all a you win need. all around. That's all you need right there. Okay. Well, then, we got time for you. Okay. All right. So, this time, This I... is so weird, because I've done the first four Saw movies. Yeah, yeah it's, it's my weird. turn to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's weird having you do these, do all of this for this one. Wait, I thought I did the first Saw movie. No, you did the... um. The short film. Oh, okay. For Patreon. That's true. Okay. 
Well, this time, I thought it'd be fun to get like an actual critic review. Okay. So I found one on Rotten Tomato. Um, this person gave it a zero out of four wow. stars. Wow. They reviewed this September 21st, 2020. It's Richard Propes from TheIndependentCritic.com. Okay. So he says, okay, let me get this straight. The killer died in the third film. Correct. The killer was still dead in the fourth film, but the creative team was pretty much still intact. Yep. Saw five. Why? Oh, yeah. Money. Sigh. Sometimes I hate Hollywood. In case you're wondering, Saw 5 sucks. I don't feel a need to wax eloquent, defend myself, or give you lots of narrative about the film. You know it. I know it. Heck, I bet the stars know it. The film sucks. In fact, this film may even suck more than The Haunting of Molly Hartley. I don't know what that is. Doesn't that just suck? This time, the film centers on two of the law enforcement guys, Hoffman and Strom. These characters weren't interesting when they first appeared in the soft uh, series, and they're not interesting now. There are two things that strike me as particularly sad here. One, the series continues to make money, and two, the creators actually think we are about the characters. Um, I mean, I get it. Like, if you're in it for Jigsaw, it would be weird to, like, only get them through flashbacks, but I don't know. I think it's... The story is bigger than that by this point. But also, it still involves a lot of that, and I think his influence in the past of the characters is what's important. So I think he's kind of saying what I was saying at the beginning, that the series <laughs> refuses to move on from him, which I kind of agree with. I don't really... I want them to move on with the characters that they have and not live in the past, but you know that's kind of what happens with the series. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Strom and Hoffman being not interesting characters, because I like them both. I, I find their story interesting. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't know. I think that this is just somebody that maybe didn't really care for the Saw series to begin with and is just kind of upset that they are still pumping them out at the fifth one. Yeah. Well, and they're watching them late, too, if that was in 2020. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that might have been like somebody bored during COVID. Well, okay, it was February 2020, so it had to have been when Spiral was announced. Yeah. So maybe they were going through and reviewing all of them. Maybe. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Either way, I don't think they're a fan of the series. Doesn't sound like it. No. Sounds like it's just not a series for them. That's which happens. Cool. Yeah. It's all good. But I hate that their whole thing is like, yeah, this film sucks. Whatever, man. It might not be for you, but I know plenty of people like us really, really enjoy them. Yeah. Okay. Time for a listener reviews. Okay. All right. I have two on Instagram that I will read. So the first one is from Tucker, who says, if there was ever a movie that was absolutely saved by its last kill, this is it. Otherwise, this would be the most forgettable of the bunch. 5.5 out of 10. Listen, fair enough. It's I think a lot of the movies tend to be in this franchise tend to be defined by the traps inside of them. I think so. Yeah. Um, But... I don't know. I do like the procedural element of it. Yeah, I mean... The, but that's a, that's entirely a personal thing, though, and I get that. By the fifth one, people are probably checked out of that part. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing in the first one, a little bit in the second one, but by the time you get to the fifth one, like the focus was shifting towards the, the traps, and then this one swung a little bit more back in the direction of the cop drama. 
which I don't know. I like it for building onto the war of the series and keeping it going. Yeah. I feel like we needed that for this. And the next one is going to be very heavy with the traps and also with the story. Like, yeah. It's a good combination. Um, And the final review is from Michael E. Howard, who says, Saw 5 is when it really starts going a bit off the rails, and I am here for it. Yes. One storyline follows the cat and mouse game between Hoffman and Strom. The dynamics between these two is amazing and keeps you on the edge of your seat. The second half follows five people that are needing to follow traps to find a common goal. I really love the traps in this one, and the acting is a bit over the top. Yes, I am looking at you, Malik. That's the fire guy. (laughs) The whole movie, though, is fun and carries us into the next chapter of ridiculousness. I would definitely say 8 out of 10. Nice. All right, yeah. I I do agree. I, I like the I do like the cat and mouse between the two of them. I feel like the main game is a little bit less of a factor in this one, but I still do like the concept of it where they all realize like put five insufferable people who work together to do something shitty to like make them work together to do something to like have them survive and they can't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a nice concept. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. That's it. We don't have January scheduled on yet. (laughs) So um, just keep an eye out on our socials that we plugged at the beginning of the episode to see what's coming out next week. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I guess we can't say what it is. So (laughs) we we don't know yet. All right. Well, it'll be a surprise to all of us. All right. Well, in the meantime, you know where to find us. So we have a happy and safe new year. Yeah. And we'll see you guys next year. All right. Bye. Do you want to cut this? Yeah, no, we'll leave it. Um, we'll cut that then. (laughs) We'll cut cut me asking if you want to cut it. Well, yeah, obviously. All right. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. I don't know. The power's in your hands for this one. (laughs) Okay.